Blog Talk Radio. We're going to talk about something we know you're going to love. Star Trek Wines. We've been following Star Trek Wines since they launched about four or five years ago. Every year they come out with two new and authentic products. Fans of the original series, Deep Space Nine, The Next Generation, and the new Picard series will recognize several of these amazing Star Trek wines from each series. The entire Star Trek Wines collection celebrates some of Star Trek's most enduring legacies. Jean-Luc Picard, the Klingon Empire, Cardassian culture, and the United Federation of Planets. Right now, Star Trek Wines is featuring its full collection, all six bottles in an interplanetary six-pack called the Full Armada, a must-have for any Star Trek fan. Over the next six weeks, we're going to sample and explore each wine and talk to the creators about how they put these wines together. These wines are rich in detail, including individually numbered bottles, hand-wax-dipped enclosures, 3D-rendered bottles created from the original props used on the shows, and even a blue Chardonnay. Liner notes crafted by writer Una McCormick for historical accuracy are all part of the package. The elegant Chateau Picard Old World French Crew Bordeaux is produced by and imported from the real Chateau Picard in France. Over the next few weeks, we'll be sampling and reviewing the full collection, as well as looking into the newest wines just released in 2021. An Andorian Blue Special Reserve Chardonnay, which features a United Federation of Planets metal medallion, silk screen designs, and a stellar blue wine sought after throughout the galaxy. We'll also do a deep dive in the legendary Cardassian Canar, long considered one of the Holy Grail collectibles in the Star Trek universe. So join us as we go behind the scenes with the team behind Star Trek Wines. Trek Talking. All things Star Trek and beyond. Thursday nights, 7.30 to 9.30, all hailing frequencies are open iTunes, iHeart, Stitcher, Spotify, Amazon, and wherever fine podcasts are found. Trek Talking, boldly going wherever your mind is willing to go. Welcome to the United Fermentation of Planets, where no glass has gone before. Of course, there must be a special guest there. Yes, I was hoping you had one of these. (laughs) (laughs) So, of course, we have Captain Picard from All Good Things here in his vineyard hat. I love it. That is amazing. He looks really cool. Is this also a Playmates figure? It is, of course. Uh He's got his suspender braces on and his hat, his sun hat. He does, and uh, as these Playmates figures had. I love this articulation at the bicep, too. That's one of those. Cool I know, that's not too shabby. The extra think, things that you get around. I think uh, old John Luke might be missing something here, though. Let's see what we can do about that. Oh, there we go. Man is at the end of his work day, and he is now ready to. I'm to try the fruits of my labors. Right, enjoy the fruits <laughs> of his labors. Sitting in his chair talking to Laris, although not in all good things, but 
of course, yeah. the most recent iteration. Yeah. <laughs> he's busy, busy trying to convince Jordy that he's not out of his mind. <laughs> Are you okay, Captain? Yeah. So I got just so confused. I don't know what's happening. I keep seeing the jury. <laughs> a pilot episode. Well, before we get too far, I remember last time you said that um, you didn't have too much knowledge about uh, Andorians. And this won't give you too much more, but it is a very fun story that... Uh, Whoa! <laughs> Excellent! Very cool! Ooh, I shall yeah, yeah, relish reading this. Star Trek Andorians. This is from the IDW. It's from the IDW line. I think it came out, you know, sometime in the mid-2000s, somewhere in there. Wow, so it's got that... You know, kind of backstory thing here. Yeah, I don't think I've read this. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm it's, not, I, it's it's more kind of a story of one guy, but you get a lot of like Andorian culture kind of thrown in on the sides. So cool. You learn a little bit about their their marriages and their um, rituals. And, and we see the environments. And what, uh, a little, not as much in this particular story, okay. but I will find you another one that shows you more of the environment. Yeah. There is kind of a, a view of. Yeah, you'll see. I'm intrigued, man. Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. Yeah, very thoughtful of you. Good old Cosmic Monkey had it on. I was like, I wonder if they're going to have... Oh, there's one copy there. Uh, yes! <laughs> Excelsior. Fantastic. <sighs> All right, man. I'm excited. Can I check out this uh, label? Yeah. So Because this is the McCoy here. This is the... If you'll pardon the expression. This is the real deal here from uh, from Bordeaux. Right? From uh, St. Estef. That's right. Um, uh, Chateau Picard. Um, and you can you can probably read the French better than I can. But Bor- I, will you explain just a little bit about, I know a little bit about Bordeaux being a, a type of wine, but more in a location in France. Right? right. So if memory serves, it's like, let's see, i got to get my compass in my head here. Like in the southwestern coast, okay. right, would be where Bordeaux is. And then within Bordeaux, there is like a sub-region that's the Medoc. Okay. Okay. And if I'm, I'm not even sure if I'm pronouncing that right. I, I'm mem- going off memory here. Yep. And then within the Medoc, there is uh, Saint Estef. Ah. Okay. So that's where that region is there. And then you've got all these different. Second. Uh, late 1800s if I remember they basically came through and said okay these are going to be what we consider the high echelon premier crew type you know uh, growing classifications and then there's going to be the the really good ones below the ultimate level and that's the the, the with this crew bourgeois Okay, uh-huh. that's what that is, basically. Okay. So it's, like, really awesome, not the plateau of, like, you know, hey, here's an $800 bottle of Bordeaux, you know? It's, okay. But it's in that you know, high-quality... Uh, and this is, like, a real vineyard, right? Yeah. They lent their their name. I think so. To uh, That's that's my understanding. There is a Chateau Picard. There's several Chateau Picards, I think, throughout France. But this one's in saint Joseph, and I think they were there long before... You know, Gene Roddenberry was like, hey, what if we had another sequel? Oh, interesting. <laughs> I think it's been there for, for a while, and they lent their name out, I, I believe, I mean, if I'm not mistaken. But yeah. uh, And then they've got the, you know, Labar they've added on there, right? Yes. Uh, for it, which is, yeah, go ahead. A little extra thing there from where the vineyard is, where you see in... Uh, and it has the, this is the only bottle that we've seen that has a vintage on it, but 
the vintage is 2386. 2386. So <laughs> it, it will be made. Future forward. In three, in 200. Excellent. Just comforting <laughs> to know there is a 2386. <laughs> oh, and there's a quote on the back from Captain Jean-Luc Picard. Uh, they say, a vintner's history is in every glass. The soil he came from, his past, hopes for the future, so to the future. Ah, oh, very nice. Excellent. Captain Jean-Luc Picard's family roots are in France's premier wine country, where the Picard family cultivated the land and crafted premium French wine since late 20th century. Chateau Picard was well known throughout the galaxy. This elegant bottle you now hold in your hands is created in honor of the legendary Captain Picard and was created at the actual Chateau Picard in the heart of Saint-Estaphe, France, by its third-generation winemakers. The wine is 85% Cabernet, 15% Merlot blend. Okay. There we go. Oh, my goodness. That sounds amazing. Yeah, so unless I'm, like, super, super, super uh, absent-minded, which is every day a more <laughs> vigorous, genuine possibility, I think this is our first uh, non-domestic, right? It is. Yeah, it is. Yeah, absolutely. And it may be the only one, uh, because I think the Old Vines Inn is also a domestic wine, so... Great. Well, this is very exciting. Yeah, it is. Super and, exciting. Uh, and just in time, because we've now seen two episodes of the new Picard series. Uh, I've seen one. Have you seen the second one? I have to make a confession. Okay. I'm very behind on my Star Trek this week, That's but it's fun. not my fault. Yeah, yeah. Okay, it's Netflix's fault. It's Netflix's Yeah, well, they dropped the fifth season of a show I'm super addicted to. Which is? Which is, I don't know if you've seen it before, The Last Kingdom? I have not seen it. Oh, my God. Really? Yeah, I'll be giving you the pitch. Okay. 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 <laughs> but it's been a good year and a half, I think, or more, since season four. Oh. A very addictive show. Um, I think in a lot of ways better than Game of Thrones. Okay. But okay. It's, a, it's a historical, uh, takes place like the late 9th, early 10th centuries. Uh, or no, late 10th, early 11th centuries. Right? Okay. So like 900 to, you know, when the Vikings and the Danes were coming into like, uh, do battle with the Saxons okay. in England. But this show is like, as addictive as it gets, man. So wow. we've been kind of stuck in, uh, okay. in Last Kingdom land. Would you like me to open? Please or, do. Please I do. would be thrilled to. Yeah. Thrilled to. Yeah, so now it's not really... Uh, beautiful, beautiful box. It's a really great label, and I love the just the design of the label, and it was really fun for me in that first episode of Picard to see him walk over to a case of this wine and, and pick up a bottle that didn't yet have a label on it, and then I think... Uh, I read it as transporter technology, that they use like transporter technology or maybe replicator technology to beam the label onto the bottle because he's not holding any sort of tool Oh, because you're moving matter, it. right? Yeah. You're, yeah. you're imprinting matter. That's and right. It's like, like you said, like the replicator, the transporter. Yeah, so I think they just beam a label onto the thing in that first episode, which I thought was kind of a cool thing. And we talked a little bit last week about the you know, the, the grape harvesters beaming the grapes off of the vines and that sort of thing in that first episode, too. So where does our QR code take us? Uh, That's what I wanted to find out, right? It looks like it is uh, referencing, uh, yeah, it's referencing Cru Bourgeois. It is. Right? Okay. And it's in totally in France, in French. 
Wow. So it takes you right to their website. Yeah. Accepter la cookies. <laughs> I would like to, uh, and I'm not going to install crypto. Sorry, French friends, but uh, that's not going to happen. So, uh, yeah, it's it's very, very interesting. But I'm going to leave that alone. And uh, this feels like it's a... Uh, and no uh, trackology icons on the uh, no, just on the top up. of the of the seal of the yeah. cap. Yeah. Basically, we just got a nice wine grape pressing that's on the uh, on the lid. Oh, and we have a vintage, Captain. Oh, we do. Twenty seventeen. Twenty seventeen. Wow. Wow. I was told there'd be no math, but I'm pretty sure that's like what that's is that? Five, five years. Yeah. Yeah. So that's probably just hitting the sweet spot right Wow. There. That is just going to be outstanding. So delighted to see that on the top of the cork, 2017. Oh my gosh, that is fun. That's, see, that's brilliant, putting the vintage right on the cork. I love it. <laughs> yeah, so I think that's what I'm trying to do tonight, is get caught up on my track, because it's mm -hmm. hard to be behind, but there's a lot of good stuff out there that seems to keep commanding my attention. So much stuff. I just I don't have enough hours in the day. I I still haven't seen a single episode of the most recent uh, Expanse season. No, oh, really? Ah, we will have to talk about that. What you have? Yeah, I, I will see. Okay, here we go. We have a cork, and it says Chateau Picard on it, and it's got the uh, kind of a, uh, it looks like a coat of arms with. Like a pair of standing, I think they're either swans or flamingos. I can't really tell. But they uh, are on either side of the coat of arms. It says uh, the subregion below, St. Estef. And I'm guessing that's a winemaker signature. Whoa. That is cool. It's like Mahler... Bossy or something? Yeah, maybe he's a doctor because his signature is... It looks very doctor. It's a nice signature. It's beautiful, but you can only half read it. Yeah, it's, uh, you know... I think it's Myler Bossy or something like that. We'll find out. Must be a winemaker. And then there's a coding number on there, too. But wow. uh, but really, really nice. Give that a whiff. See how that strikes you. So we don't have to be psychic or geniuses to know that if this is 2017, this is going to take a little bit of time to open up, mm -hmm. and it's going to change dramatically over the course of, like, say, an hour. Oh. Look at that color. Oh, that's beautiful. Wow. Outstanding color. Look at that. Oh, man. That's really beautiful. Yeah. Uh, Deep purple. Yeah. Red color, like, like rich prunes or plums, like yeah. a dark, you know, uh, resiny purple, just beautiful. Not even purple, but just just dark red, dark dark red. Yeah, super super dense looking. Just wonderful. Uh, really nice legs, slipping around the entire rim of the glass there. Mmm, man. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm trying to see what I like. I'm almost getting like... I think it's almost like a smoky hint that I'm getting. Like almost like a like 
I hesitate to say like a tobacco tinge, but like a it it could be from the oak. I think I read that this is that's like what? Asian oak, so maybe it's like seasoned oak. Mm-hmm. And that's what we're tasting. A little bit of that in the back. It's probably going to get more pronounced. I guess as long as this is open, but very dry. Yeah, very dry. That is interesting to me because when I first smelled the cork, I thought I smelled some kind of like sweet fruitiness, but it's not. The wine doesn't read that way yeah. at all to me. Yeah. It's, it's very like down to earth. No. <laughs> like, yeah, it's not like a big. I mean, there's Merlot for sure, right? But oh it's yeah. Not like yeah, you know. Well, the the Merlot I'm really appreciating because it's I feel like it's it's adding to the complexity of it for sure, and it's um, you would never drink this and think it was a Merlot. No, but there's enough in there that if you know what that tastes like, you can taste it. And my guess is the Merlot is probably helping us find this more approachable sooner, mm-hmm. without it being open for you know 45 minutes or whatever. Mm-hmm. But it's going to be really nice. So it makes it a little bit more approachable. And I'm mm-hmm. excited to see where this goes. But delicious, absolutely delicious. Uh, you, you know, you worry if you say rich that it's going to seem too heavy, but mm-hmm. it's not. It's beautifully rich. Got a really nice body to it. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. It just tastes like some of the really nice wines that I've had out of my late father-in-law's wine cabinet. You know, like this one, this feels like a wine that you could keep around for 25 years, yeah. and, and it'll be really good and so, so just delightful to drink at that point. Old Bordeaux's are famous for being, you know, aging, mm-hmm. aging well, right? Mm-hmm. They, they they keep a long time for the most part, so... Mm-hmm. Wow, I'm really gonna enjoy this one. Oh yeah, I think so. Just look at that, man. It's the color is just so stunning, and it yeah. Yeah, I'm, now I'm getting a little tiny. Uh, I'm, I maybe it's just having a couple extra sips here, it's trying to just pick up on more. But I'm getting more like, uh, what to me almost tastes like like currants. Okay, I like would, you know, spices or I could see that. Like my, I kept thinking blackberry, but I didn't want to say berry because uh, it's not fruit. It's more of a spicy kind of connotation to me. Like yeah. if you had like a, a really amazing, uh, you know, some kind of a, a good pastry well, with like currants in it or cloves or something like that that has just been you know has a little bit of a richer. Wouldn't this be good with a nice pastry too? Uh, <laughs> uh, and this is this this wants meat. This, this, this one, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, vegetarians, but this wine really wants meat. It would be spectacular with like yeah. game bird, like if you're having like a Cornish game hen, or like uh, you know, uh, duck might be a little too rich. Mm. But if you're having like something like that, or dare I say it, pork. Mm-hmm. Oh my God, mm-hmm. you know, some pork or some boar, anything like that. We talked about beef, like, you know, dried beef before uh, with that last run that we had. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is this is something. This is good stuff. Yeah. I don't know much about uh, French food. You know, what, are, is there a lot of... I mean, I know it's all over. The, it's, there's a lot of diversity, but is there a lot of meat? Is there? Do they eat chickens? Do they? You know, what's the? I think they like their their game. Okay. I think they like their game bird. I think they like their meat. Yeah. Right. I think they. I think the French like their everything. Right. I think that the richer the better in some way. I think they they do have. I mean, I haven't 
had much modern French food, so I don't know where things have gone. But you know, I think historically they they like a lot of cheese mm -hmm. as, as a rule, right? They like a lot of creamier sauces. Mm -hmm. I don't know if necessarily that's like a regional thing though, or just what's been popularized in like you know. From like I mean, we think of you know I think a lot of what comes across to us in America as French we see from like what's from like urban centers like Paris. Ah. So who knows? Who knows what's going on out there? Or rural areas like Burgundy and Bordeaux. Who knows what? I mean, it's like in Italy, right? Uh -huh. you know, cuisine's different across the whole country. Right? Yeah. Wherever you may go, some regions they're way into one thing, some into another. Like you know, cuisine in northern Italy is really going to be different than it is in like the south. Right? Uh huh. So, sure. It's like it is in the United States. Yeah. I mean, it's different all over the place. Yeah. yeah. It's like, you know, Seattle food versus New Orleans. Right. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's a right? pretty big difference. Cross yeah. strokes, but, yeah. uh, but there you go, right? So I think that's great. I really like it. So lots opening up. Uh, Got to ask you. Uh, you told me you were going to be doing a little uh, video R and D uh, last week. Uh, something you were going to be watching that you had been hoping to check out in a while. I know. Did I you get not yet? I haven't gotten to it yet. Okay. No, it's on That's my show, right. but it's coming. It's That's coming. okay, man. Yeah. There's no rush on that. No, I know. Just curious. I'm yeah. a curious guy. Well, I I, uh, I did go on the internet and kind of you know read a little bit about it and just kind of like brush up on it a little bit. Uh -oh. I don't want to read too. Much. You don't want to know too no, much. I don't. I didn't. I don't know anything about the plot. Okay. So I didn't read anything about the plot, but I just mean who the actor is, uh, you know, who, like that. Kurt? Yeah. Kurt? I, mean, I know who he is, but, yeah. like, where he was in his career when he did this one, and, you know, yeah. so. Because yeah. I also love uh, Escape from New York and Escape from L.A. I don't know. I like both those movies. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, it's, the, they were in there kind of like, I mean, um, we're talking about the thing, John yeah. Carpenter's the thing, yeah. right? And uh, for a while there, uh, Kurt Russell and John Carpenter, they really had a thing, yeah. right? And they're yeah. kind of like, you know, uh, it's like a De Niro-Scorsese relationship, yeah. right? They just kept working together. Is that Big Little China, too? Oh, yeah. Okay. Absolutely. Okay. And the very first time they worked together was uh, a picture, was actually a, a movie that was uh, released on television in the late 70s uh, an Elvis picture Ooh. right that John before John Carpenter made Halloween right if I remember the time sequence correctly he made this Elvis picture with Kurt Russell Kurt Russell right? has Elvis as, as Elvis really and uh, okay. it, it was you know I haven't seen it in a while I've got a Blu-ray of it and I haven't uh, watched it in a while what's it called the Elvis Elvis I think it's just Elvis it's Elvis okay. <laughs> wow I had no idea <laughs> yeah yeah so but uh, and I think they just clicked, right? They liked working together, and yeah. and then um, uh, Escape from New York. It was just like they had a lot of fun. Yeah. That. And um, if you get a chance to at some point, um, the commentary tracks when those two guys sit down together mm -hmm. and do comedy for the you know they basically like you know watch like the Big Trouble or the Thing or any of those right Escape from New York their commentary tracks are hilarious because they're two dudes who obviously have a long history and they're just recounting all these stories about what happened oh, wow. they're just hysteric and they're really they're some of the most fun to listen to commentary tracks of any you know disc release I can think of okay they're great oh so, my gosh I gotta check those out uh, if you at some point definitely give them a listen once I've seen it yeah yeah but uh, watch with that Cool. I'm looking forward to hearing what you think. Don't yeah. hold it up, man. Yeah. I yeah. Wanna, uh, no, no, no. Don't be that guy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm I'm super looking forward to watching it. I uh, it's been such a long time since I've had just a night to like sit and chill by myself and I had one the other night and what 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 often happens on those nights is you sit down and you're like, I'm gonna read a comic book and then it's 
midnight and you fell asleep. Oh, oh you conked out. Yeah, <laughs> conked out. Yeah, that, that, that can happen. That can just happen. Conked out. That's going to happen to me tonight, I can guarantee it, you. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah. it's just, we've just been going full tilt one thing after another. Okay. So, yeah. It's just like, you know, social, it's like, you know, the pandemic's editing, and so you're having more you know, seeing people and doing stuff, Big time. right? So it's, it's, things are, <laughs> yeah, things are starting to change. Let's hope they continue to change. I right? hope so too. So. Yeah. I mean, if we keep heading this direction, I think we're heading in a good, in a good way right now. And they, you know, it says nationwide, it says the numbers are down. So I think so. What do you think, John Luke? Uh, I have aeronautics and I don't know for sure. I am traveling through time and I don't know what's actually happening. There we go. There you go. Now he's got his... <laughs> I really loved All Good Things. It probably... Is it my favorite? Yeah. I think it's definitely my favorite like last episode of Star Trek, despite the fact that um, that so many of them are really good. I mean, the last episode of Voyage is really good. The last episode of DS9 is... Pretty, pretty good. I'm right there with you. I, because it was like, you know, they bookended it. Yeah. Right? They, it was like, how did, it's like, let's go back to the beginning, but yeah. like really reference it in a really great way. And let's open up and make it into an epic story, but have it be uh, something where it's all about character. Mm-hmm. Right? Which is great. And it was just such a great showcase for him, right? And, uh, you know, it, 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 you know it's, I think it's going to be really fun to see where they go on uh on uh, Picard this season, mm-hmm. right? Because it, it, it forever established, like, core character of that franchise is Q. Mm-hmm. You know, he kind of is... Well, and so... He's the flip side, he, right? He really he, is. He's, he's, a, he's Picard's id, almost. I think that's a pretty good comparison, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so when I first heard that he was going to be on Picard, I actually was a little uh, sour on the idea because all good things had been bookended with him. I felt like that was a, okay, the chapter is told. We don't need to know any more about Q because we've had him and he's, you know, and things have happened. He was even in a couple other series, you know, and his his story is pretty much told. Um, You ever see this uh, uh, guest guest spot on Breaking Bad? No. Oh, man. I I had one or two episodes on there, if I remember correctly. Okay. Oh, man. Was he good? He is amazing. Okay. Not a, it was a rough role. Uh huh. Right, he had to do some stuff. Oh, uh, yeah, it was uh, rough, but he was great. <laughs> he was uh, terrific. I was like, oh my god, that's John Delancey. Yeah. Right. It's been a while, right? I mean. Yeah. yeah. Did you yeah. watch most of that series? Or? No, I did not actually oh. watch any of that series. I um, I appreciated that it was high quality and that sort of thing. Not my genre. Not really that interested in the story. Mm, okay. Like, just like, uh, yeah, I don't know. You know, like you said, there's a hundred million things out there to watch, and yeah. that was one that I chose not yeah. to. Well, it's out there if you ever check it yeah, out. Yeah, I love a good crime saga though, man. Like, like with Ozark. Okay, yeah. You know, oh man, yeah. I love a good crime saga when when the pistons are firing and there's a lot of jeopardy and yeah. Like, oh, I don't know what's gonna happen. That's the thing. I like it when you don't know what's gonna happen. You mm-hmm. can't really. You think you maybe know where the plot is, but you're way not, way, mm-hmm. you know, not even close. Well, that's that. what makes uh, noir so good, right? Because there's a lot of that kind of like digging and digging and digging and digging to to get to what the actual like story is behind the story. Um, and that's why I like that as a genre in both movies and in comics. Was I telling you? I can't remember if I told you. Did I tell you about the good Asian? That comic book. I think you referenced it, yeah, yeah but I, okay. but he didn't give me a lot of, you know, didn't spoil anything or give me too many details. Yeah, yeah, just a just a really excellent uh, noir, like total 
noir story centered around kind of World War II time and this one uh, Asian detective on the force. And the thing, like the questions that he asks himself and the things that he's asked to do sometimes uh, to his own people at that time during World War II and, wow. and uh, Japanese culture and that kind of stuff. So they're referencing like the internment camps and things like that? Yeah, or? I mean, the, there's, I don't want to give anything away really, okay. but yeah, but there's basically, he, he is, I'm not even going to tell you what his race is, but, but he's, there are um, implications for the people who are of his same race and he's kind of on the other side of the coin and there's a lot of him kind of like wanting to do the right thing, but like having to kind of conform to the white cop norm enough to be accepted by them. Oh, interesting. But, like, then there's his people who are saying, you know, you're a traitor and, like, all this kind of interesting hmm. play back and forth. So. Wow. Good luck. Okay. Yeah. Karen's reading it right now. Once she's done with it, I'll end it. Yeah, I'll, like, check it out. Yeah. Sounds good. I have some more of this wine. Yeah, definitely. The smell is just... Um, it's only getting better as time goes by. When I smell it, I think I have such a hard time describing what I'm smelling because there's like 12,000 smells going yeah, on. There's a lot going on. There's it's a complicated one. Yeah. You know? And it's been, it's been, you know, locked up tight for five years, which is, which is amazing. I mean, that's, a, I did not expect to see uh, 2017. Just want to sit here and smell. I mean, the taste is amazing too, but the smell is just really. Yeah, I I can definitely get uh, a hit of that oak for sure. Mm. I mean, mm-hmm. that definitely. Uh, it's almost like you can feel like you're in the room where it was, you know, sanded together, right? It feels like it's it's definitely not. This has got to be like the what do they call it? Half oak or or not? It's not like it's been done in new bar- barrels. I think this is this tastes like an aged barrel. Yeah. Some kind of seasoning or something. Yeah, maybe, but you know, uh, that's what I get. Mm-hmm. Like something where it's just kind of. Because it's like not that. overly oaky, but it's back there and it's kind of yeah. underlying all the other flavors that right. you're tasting. Yeah, yeah. It definitely gives that feeling to it. But uh, it's like it's uh, a little bit of smokiness, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. I mean, that's what that's that's what I get to it. It's that kind of like olfactory, you know, kind of smoke smell, mm-hmm. but but subtle. But yeah, so, that's it's right. Like, and you got that, and you're hitting a little bit of like currants. Mm-hmm. Uh, Almost like a like a little tiny bit of what I mean I'm, I don't know if I'm making that up in my mind, but it almost a hint of vanilla almost like a, like okay. a little, tiny little bit. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's just things are starting to emerge, right? Mm-hmm. Starting to notice other things, but uh, but wow. Compare this though, this red to like the blood wine, right? Which is like this wow. big, you know. Male fist, right? Boom. Steel yeah. and big, super, uh, super forward with the fruit. Mm-hmm. And, you know, this is going to stand up right next to the bloodline as far as, like, you know, full body structure and everything. But it doesn't have that, you know, in your face aggressiveness to the fruit, mm-hmm. to the berry qualities to it. It's, it's, it's just super solid. This one I want to take a long time to drink. Yeah. Like, I definitely want to sit down and open this up and let it breathe for a while before yeah. I really start drinking it, and then enjoy it over the course of a meal. Yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. Yeah, it's really nice. So, Game Birds, Doc, what do you think about uh, 
meat with this would go well too, like some kind of um, steak. You know? Oh, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. I mean, I, I I keep thinking about things like uh, like. It's been a long time since I've had boar. But if you, if you, oh, I've never had boar, yeah, I don't think. Yeah, it could be. Uh, <laughs> okay. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, gave me your taste, I think right? Any, I could see even a venison or something like that. Yeah. This. Yeah. yeah. But this is a wine that's that's got no problem. It's not going to get lost in something like that. That's going to be a little bit, you know, more forward or mm-hmm. have some gamey character to it, mm-hmm. right? It's going to be able to keep up just fine. Yeah, it's totally. going to do really, really well. But, yeah. uh, you know, and it's just like you could, you know, uh, and, you know, I'm, I'm sorry to go back again, but it's just like you could have this with a phenomenal assortment of different kinds of cheeses as well, you know, mm-hmm. to, to go with that. Or if you had, like, a rich sauce, right? Um, we do, like, a steak recipe sometimes with, like, a with like a blue cheese sauce, like a butter, blue cheese, butter. Oh, okay. like, it's like really intense, right? But, you know, put a lot of like peppercorns in there and it's just like nuts. Oh, wow. Like really, it's rich. But yeah. if with a good piece of meat, with a good steak, oh, man. Oh, that sounds, <laughs> <It's like out laughs> that sounds really good. It's buttery and rich. It's just like, <laughs> oh, and, and I don't, I mean, I don't, I don't know about you, but I like my steak cooked on the, a little on the rare side. Yeah. Like, like yeah. no more than medium rare. No, I tell, I tell them, just make it stop bleeding, but, like, don't cook it yeah, at all. Yeah. Just make it stop bleeding. My spouse, on the other hand, is like... <laughs> It's like, she cooked it to a crisp or? Yeah, I mean, like, well done. Yeah, mine does too. And I'm like, yeah. what are you doing? Yeah. I'm like, okay, there's going to be no mistake. Hey, server, there's going to be no mistaking whose steak is whose, right? <laughs> Mine's going to be like, you know, twice the size. Bouncing. It's still <laughs> yeah. going to be moving. Yeah. Right? Hers is going to be like, extinguished. <laughs> really. like, no. I need to have that, that, you know. But that's, you know, that's just, I mean, that's why you can... Different strokes. Different strokes, yeah, yeah man. But I'd say, however you like your steak, this wine's there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's all good, man. Mm-hmm. It's going to be just fine with that. Oh, you know what? Um, onions. Oh. Not in the wine, but with, with like, yeah. you know, like sauteed onions. Put onions on the side. Scallions yeah. in there, right? Yeah. And be like, oh, man. Be yeah, because that's got that richness, too. Something, yeah. Or like so, a, a side, you know, good, probably, uh, you know, like an au gratin potato, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm, like scallop potatoes, mm-hmm. but that, that's going to be something on the side that would go with it really, really well. So, yeah. I think that's what this is calling out for. Right? Pretty cruel of us to just be talking about. I know. I'm kind of wishing we had made a meal with this uh, one. I know. <laughs> well, we talked about maybe doing that for the next one. Yes. So, yes. Then, so we yeah, might have we to time that out, mm-hmm. right? Figure in terms of like what time we do it, night rather than, you know, structured around meal time. Absolutely. Something like that. See what we can come up with. Yeah. I think that would be really fun. I think that's going to be great. It builds a big finish, big that's climactic, you know. Yeah. thing with that, that big zen. Yeah. So the, this one here though is like this is a this is a big, you know, farmhouse uh, long dinner, you know, enjoy it, mm-hmm. savor it, bottle of wine. Mm-hmm. You know? It's like if you're you know, it's like I don't know if everyone's gonna be looking to get the Armada or if people are looking to track this down individually, but if you can get this individually I would get Many. <laughs> I kind of feel like, yeah. I mean, I wonder yeah. if you can order a case of this. Uh, I'm not sure. Yeah, uh, I have to check it out. But uh, but this is because this is only going to get better. I know that's the thing. Is and right now it's like you know five years. What's it like in ten? I can't. I mean, it's just gonna. It's gonna be like, yeah. Yeah, but there's some stuff going on. It's really really mm-hmm. satisfying. Oh yeah. John Luke looks happy. Eric looks happy. I know I'm happy. 
So your editing was great, dude. Well, well done with the uh, Andorian Sharknado. Thanks. Yeah, we. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that I didn't get to hear it till uh, like the next night. Okay. You know, I couldn't even like listen because we were. <laughs> Yeah. SpongeBob the musical, so high school that, theater. Saw the pictures. Like, yeah. Have fun. <laughs> <laughs> it was long. Actually, let me ask the better question: Did Anthony enjoy it? I think so. Okay. It's like he's, he's he would much you know he's he's would much have preferred to just be home and sure. uh, watch okay. the shows. Right? Okay. But he was he was tolerant about it. But okay. but it's long, dude. I Two mean, and a half hours. Like, oh, probably. We 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 you know confession. Uh, we. You know, discreetly made our exit at intermission. Okay. Because it had already been over 90 minutes. At intermission, it was yeah. 90 minutes. And I'm like, this is not like Fiddler on the Roof, friends. No. Right? This is not like epic Broadway theater. This isn't Stephen Sondheim. Do we really need three hours for this? I don't know. Just like the SpongeBob musical should be an hour and a half long. The whole thing. The whole thing. Yeah. Because I'm looking and it's got, you got the program, right? And I'm, and I'm at that point where I'm like, Okay, how many songs are left in that one? I mean, I'm looking to see, and I'm like, holy crap, there's three more songs. Oh, my God. And I'm like, and, it, and it's, you know, it's, I have nothing but the highest admiration for high school theater, yeah. because that's me, man. That's, oh, where I, yeah. that's where I came out of, yeah. right? That's, that made me who I am. Yeah. It's like, I'm grateful for it. But I'm like, these kids are like, you know, it's a, it's a bodacious amount of stuff to carry that many songs, yeah. right? You're talking probably... For the lead actors, I'm thinking you probably have at least 15, 16 songs. What? Yeah, at least. That is a lot. You know, that they've got to be involved in. And it's just like, it, it's a big deal. Well, and I think for, I don't know if it just came out or what, but it seems like it's particularly popular right now. I have people all over the country that I know whose high schools are doing this musical. Well, Grant's doing it across town. Are they? Yeah, okay. they're doing okay. it, and I heard Jesuit's doing it out further uh, east. So that's like three yeah, schools just, just in the, the metro area yeah. that are doing it. So they must have just like recently released it, or maybe they you know made a deal to get right. the licensing. It's it's it can be expensive, man, yeah. for the school to get a hold of like these things. Well, that's like, true. When that's they, why they do so many of the old ones, right? Yeah. They can get those for free. Yeah, or, or, or it's not as fun. But like for a while, everyone was trying to do like Lion King. Right? Oh yeah, like, and that's spending. Mm. You know, it's like a Disney property, right? So they like, you know, it's, it's gonna cost you. It's gonna cost you. That's premium crew, <laughs> premier crew, right? Crew. You're gonna have to. It's gonna cost you. So it's oh, just nice, yeah. but it's fun, man. Uh, I just think that uh, that's involvement in like that kind of thing can really change your life it at really that age is. when you're really oh, yeah. like you know I was like super you know needed help navigating reality in life when I was like 15 16 right and performing arts was like thank you you know hugely influential and helpful for me and it forms a community for kids who sometimes have a hard time relating to other kids um, usually my, that's precisely the that's my exactly choir room became my hangout spot and it was like I was there before school I went there at lunchtime I went there after school I hung out with the director I hung out with the other kids who were in there and, yeah. and that was a big thing and then um, and then I did I didn't get very involved in high school theater but when I was in high school I got involved in community theater at the local community college and so I'd ride my bike out there and be like the young kid on the cast of adults who were wow. who were doing their community college shows. Um, so that was really fun because I got to rub elbows with adults. And I what do you remember any of the shows? Yeah, sure. I mean, I did the funny thing happened on the way to the forum. I was one of the proteans in that <laughs> one. And, 
Um, we did uh, South Pacific. Oh wow! Was one of the like members in that one. So yeah, shows like that. that okay. you know, and it was great because not only did I already know a bunch of the songs just from singing them throughout the years because I love show tunes and that kind of stuff but it was a great way for me to be independent from my parents <laughs> like I could ride my bike out there and just like be away from them for three or I four gotta hours. go to rehearsal for I don't know the next five hours right. <laughs> I'll be home you tomorrow know, four nights this week <laughs> yeah. I'll see you you know and it's like <laughs> but it was great it's like it really does it's like, yeah. and you, you get to build community yeah which is just huge yeah, yeah. especially if like you're you know, at risk of being a loner who's, like you said, you know, for whatever reason, is not part of the mainstream, right? Yeah. It's like not, you know, fitting in the, you know, you know, I'm I'm not getting anywhere near a high school football game, man. That's not my, that's my, my thing. <laughs> <laughs> and they didn't want me anywhere near them. Right. <laughs> so no, 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 not my jam oh, at all. Yeah. You know. I was the kid who got busted in like math class in high school, right? Because it's like I've got here I am, and I remember the math teacher coming up and pulling down my math book in the middle of class, right? Because here I am, a comic book. Oh, did hidden, you? Hidden oh, behind, so you know, hidden behind the uh, the math, <laughs> the math book. book. Like, oh yeah, I'm reading a math book. No, I'm not. I'm reading, you know, whatever it was, you okay. know, Justice League or you know, okay. yeah, <laughs> yeah. Spider Man, right? Like that. So, <laughs> but yeah, and, and uh, she's like, you know, draconian, you know. Oh my gosh, I love it. Me, yeah. It wasn't nice. Yeah, you know, didn't make a joke out of it. Oh, it's like, it's like, sorry, I'm going the other way. <laughs> Gotta go. Yeah. I was the kid who always ended up in the hallway because I wouldn't stop talking to other kids because I finished my work first and then I'd be like, hey, what's up? You want to talk? Yeah, let's be social. <laughs> That's right. You not talking, you're having a hard time talking, it's hard to believe. I know. So what they do, they put me in the hallway where I couldn't talk to anybody and then I talked to other people who were walking yeah, by. Come on, hang out in the hallway. This is where everyone's hanging out. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Let me interview you. Right. Totally. <laughs> 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 follow my recording. That's great. Yeah. Uh, dude, I gotta say again, is a huge thank you uh, for venturing out last Sunday. Oh yeah. To uh, the Batman. Oh uh, yeah. That was. Uh, that was amazing. We still still positive in your head. It is still one hundred percent positive in my head. I've read a bunch of stuff after I told Karen uh, yesterday when I woke up. I was like, I think I have to go see the Batman again in the movie theater. She's like, okay. Find a time. Wow. I'll see it again. So you're going to go back a second time. I might go back a second yeah. time because our local theater is eight bucks, man. And it's like, okay, if I go see it twice there, that's as much as I would have paid seeing it at Regal once. Yeah. And their, their ex exhibition is fantastic. The sound is amazing. I just like the fact that you go into that theater, it's relatively well lit, but in a subdued way. There are no commercials playing. No. There's like some soft theater music, like just like the old days playing. And then what did we get? We got no commercial for the place where we were seeing the movie. We got three trailers and boom, yeah. right into the movie. Yeah. That is the way That's that it ought to be. Exactly. And they're all trailers that like appropriate to the movie that you're seeing. Right. And they're all trailers for a movie you probably want to see. Absolutely. You know, over the next, like, you know. Yes. Okay, here you go. You got... Uh, one for May, one for June, one for July. Mm -hmm. You know, all spaced out there, right? And uh, and they were all great. So yeah, I I think it was uh, because I had done nothing but like you know uh, non-mainstream mall theaters for a while, mm -hmm. right? I don't know, it's like when they opened up, they're gonna get all local here. Sorry, uh, mm -hmm. but like. Uh, 
what was real popular in a while uh, in uh, the Northwest was this chain called Cinetopia. Oh yeah, right. Sure. Where they would do these kind of more high-end, you know, smaller theater things and some bigger theater things, right? But but their exhibition was amazing, and they'd make it kind of more event-like, you know, and they'd price it really high to kind of keep the loud talkers out of the mm -hmm. theater, right? So okay. it's great. And, you know, very nice exhibition, but, you know, really aimed at, like, the film van, right? Mm -hmm. the, and none of the nonsense. And I hadn't been to, like, a Regal in forever mm. or whatever, right? And, you know, curiosity got the best of me after the franchise for a million years, right? And the last Daniel Craig Bond movie comes out. Mm. And I was, like, looking for a showtime, so I ended up at, like, Lloyd mm -hmm. right, to see... Uh, was it No Time to Die? No Time to Die. No Time to Die, right? And I won't, won't get into what I thought of No Time to Die, but, dude, if you haven't been in, like, a Regal or whatever, it was just painful, Yeah. right? Because it's like you had to endure, like, the exact opposite of what you were just saying, right, in our local. Like, okay, Pepsi-Cola! Where it's like, oh, Well, and the whole time you're walking in, there's commercials playing, right? That And oh. that, and it just, and it's loud. Like, they've got the surround sound pumped up on the commercials. Yeah, it's droning. It's just like, it's, it, you feel like there's a, you know, a ice pick going into your forehead, yeah. right? And it's just all about, like, super gross national marketing that you have no interest in, right? The bad NBC sitcoms and, yeah. you know, Eminem uh, commercials. It's just like, this is just gross, right? Yeah. And by the time the movie starts, like 20 minutes later... Oh, not even 20 minutes. When I Last time I went to one of those movies, it was seven trailers. Yeah, and they seven all trailers. suck. And, and they, they all suck. They all suck. <laughs> and so that was, that's the thing that's just like, you know, I was realizing, I was like, this is why I haven't done this in a while, because by the time the picture starts, the picture, you're pissed off. You're mad. Yeah. You're actually angry. You are. Because you're like, 45 minutes into your yeah. into your movie night, and you still got a two and a half hour movie left to, to watch. You've you've gone through half your bucket of popcorn because and you're in a bad mood. And you're in a bad mood. <laughs> <laughs> and I I did not dig. I love most of the previous Daniel Craig movies, and I did not dig this one. Yeah. 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 There. You know, I have to tell you that for whatever reason, Daniel Craig's Bond has not resonated with me hardly at all. I the first one. Like, I like Casino Royale. Me and too. I know everybody, like, most people don't like that movie for whatever reason. Really? I, I thought most know. people didn't like Quantum of Solace. Well, that one was awful. But yeah, I thought uh, most people like Casino maybe Royale. Maybe people do like really? Casino Royale. I don't know. Oh, I, I thought it was great. Maybe I've heard both sides of the, the story. So that one, I think, was the one that I liked best out of all of them. But I, you know... Skyfall? There's only... I mean, it was better. It was okay, but the the problem is that I just don't like revengeful Bond constant stories. And we got a four arc revengeful Bond yeah, like story. With that's it. true. That's and true. And I just like that's not James Bond to me. James, the last movie, were there ever even any gadgets in that movie at all? I, I can't remember. There the was, one before this one. The yeah. Sorry, not yeah. So the Spectre. Spectre. Think, yeah. Right. Um, I, there was one that we watched where we got to the end of it and we're like. Wait, did he use? Like, was there literally a single gadget the whole movie? We couldn't think of like one that he used. Yeah, it, it definitely it's doesn't rise to the immediate recollection. No, there see, and it's right. like you, you're like, no, you talk about his car, his watch, and his, you know all this kind of cool uh, stuff that you saw in all the past movies. So, anyway, has not resonated with me yeah, at all. Yeah. His, like most of his movies, just I, I don't know. 
Yeah. Well, I'm a Connery guy, man. I always will. Oh yeah, no, that's, 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 I mean, look at all the visual evidence. There are <laughs> some and, seriously and down on the lower shelf over there, right? I mean, there's, there's tons of that was that's what I grew up with, man, yeah. on TV and, yeah. and stuff. And yeah. I don't know, you you did what what year did you move here? I moved to Portland in 2005. Oh, okay. So you would, this is totally from like my youth, right? So you would not have experienced this. But there used to be a little theater downtown called the Guild. Mm-hmm. Okay? It was super small. Mm-hmm. Right? Super small, but like an old school movie theater. Mm-hmm. Right? And that's, that theater was amazing. Right? They didn't do a lot of, uh, they were like a second run house. Mm-hmm. Right? And they didn't do a lot of like first run stuff at all. They were like art house type place. Right? And uh, when I was like high school age, a little bit older maybe, but mostly through high school, they loved to have these film festivals there, right? And one of the things they had was they would do a Bond film festival. Mm. And it would be from month long. And oh, wow. So for a week, they'd do a double feature. Oh, cool. So oh, if you went every every week for a month, yeah. you'd get, I was told there'd be no math, two, four, six, eight, uh, you'd get eight Bond pictures, right? Mm-hmm. And so you'd basically be able to really kind of get your homework in yeah. and see, okay, here I am, 15, 16, I've only seen like three Bond movies, right, or whatever, right? right? Here you get to see them all, you know, and it's just great. And you just go in there and immerse yourself, and I think you're spending like something obscenely like five bucks or something, like mm-hmm. three bucks to go in there. Right. It's just great. And they would do a sci-fi film festival. Oh, that's where they do the greatest hits of like the old school sci-fi, okay. right? David Earth stood still, Forbidden Planet, you yeah. know, whatever. Yeah. And then every year it would be a different, you know, a different pick. Mm-hmm. They did like a Bogart film festival. Oh, nice. You know, it was awesome. Yeah. So you get a chance to uh, to really drink deep. The only thing I can think of, like, uh, were you in Brookline at all? Mm, yeah, I mean, I didn't live in Brookline, but uh, I visited Brookline. Uh, Coolidge Corner Movie Theater. Yeah, right sure. Yeah. They used to have the Kurosawa Film Festival. Yeah, oh. which I went to all the time. Yeah, yeah. yeah. it was great. Yeah. Yeah, you'd go like see Jimbo and Ron. And Absolutely. Like, oh, you get to see it on the big screen. And yeah. Cool. And everybody in the hall was just like a massive Kurosawa fan. Which was amazing because I didn't know anything about the guy when I moved to Boston, and I met so many people who were into him, and then it just became such a quintessential part of understanding all this other film. Yeah. Right, right. yeah, and kind of interestingly, it, at least the perception I had was that like, hmm, seems like a huge chunk of these Kurosawa fans also happen to be comic book fans, <laughs> and also happen to be Star Wars yeah. and science fiction fans, <laughs> yeah. right? They they way into Star Wars, way yeah. into Star Trek, right? Yeah. These are the, these are my people, yeah. right? And you realize that folks, they're it's that mythology that yeah. they want. They want that mythic storytelling, well, right? Yeah, and the, sure. the idea of a warrior going up against, uh, you know, mm-hmm. insurmountable odds because he's doing the right thing. Yeah. Right. Well, that that transcends like cultures and all that kind of. You look at stories from all over the world, and they all all cultures have those stories. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm getting into Joseph Campbell country here. Oh, I'm a big Joseph Campbell fan. <laughs> I, was tell- I actually bought, um, I finally, after years and years, I was telling somebody the other, let me back up. When I was in high school, I took a mythology class. And we, for a semester, sat there and watched Joseph Campbell's The Power of Myth series. <sighs> and I, it changed my life. Like, it, it put, it finally took all this stuff about the world that I didn't understand about stories and religion and people and cultures and like all this kind of stuff. And it put it in a, in a shared frame of reference, right? It put it in a context that I could really understand. And all of a sudden I started seeing all of these connections and, you know, 
looking back upon it, Joseph Campbell is who Joseph Campbell is, and you know he's got his own theories and that kind of stuff, and maybe not all of them are true. But what's important about that series is that he he connects it all together, and at least for me, made it all finally make sense. Yeah, because he's talking about like commonality of need in the right. psyche, right? Like, what do we need as humans? What right. do we, you know, what do we have that you know, you know, need to be perversely attracted to dark places mm. and escape from them, but also to like go out and go on that quest mm-hmm. and those kind of things, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, he really references all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And so, pretty freaking fantastic. But, pretty uh, fantastic. But, it, but anybody who loves like fantasy and mythic storytelling, right? That's 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 stuff you really want to explore if you haven't. It. It's it's great. And, and eventually he comes around to things like Star Wars and that yeah. kind of stuff. And well, Lucas has said he's, you know, he worships at the altar of the hero with a thousand faces. Oh, yeah, oh, absolutely. Big time. Well, I mean, that's, you can see that. Big time. You know, like, yeah. 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 If you've seen any Kurosawa and you've seen yeah. any Lucas, <laughs> yeah. that's, that's, that's just great. Yeah. So, but again, I got to put in a big plug for, um, uh, and you could watch it, I think, with the the fam. Mm. Uh, everybody loves it. Is uh, the Last Kingdom? On, okay. On okay. Oh, it is a all ages appropriate. I think so. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's war sequences. Yeah. Right. And there's some, you know, you know, here and there. There's some, you know. Uh, there's some PG-13 uh, romantic moments, you know, but, yeah. you know, it's not as gro- not graphic as Game of Thrones, yeah. I would say that, yeah. right? Yeah. But, you know. My kids at an age where I feel like that's, yeah. that's okay. And it's it's over and done very quickly and moving on to the next thing, right? Perfect. But it's just, but, uh, but it's from a series of novels that are all based on real historical events. Oh, okay. Yeah. So it's not that kind of fantasy, right? Uh-huh. So there's no dragons and nonsense like that, right? It's all... Basically, it's all about a time when um, the Danes were coming over and trying to establish, uh, you know, territories to live in England, right, after the Vikings, right, the Uh Danes are coming. So it's like the end of the 900s, and uh, England was not even remotely unified. There's various kingdoms all over the place, like Northumbria, and then there's this kingdom, and mm-hmm. there's then there's wars breaking out between one kingdom and another, right? Mm-hmm. And so this show creates this character, sort of like the everyman warrior, who basically seems to be in the mix, the midst of all of this. Okay. And no matter what he does, he keeps getting sucked into the oh, you interesting, know, okay. you know, because he's like the best warrior there is, and so every good leader wants to have him work at their behest. Yeah, sure. But they're not always noble folks with the good agenda, and he doesn't like that. So mm-hmm. he ends up having to go, you know, do other things. Yeah. And get, but it's just great, because most of the events in there, to one degree or another, were real things that happened. So there's a lot of history that's in there. I do like that. But it's also, like, super, you know, soap opera, Godfather, Sopranos crack, right? Uh, okay. Where it's just like you really, they, they they hit you with the, now what? Oh my God, what's going to happen next moments, uh, right? Yeah. Tons of that stuff okay. where you're just like, what? The episode ends, all of a sudden the end credits start, and you're like, oh, I got, whoa, 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 hold on, <laughs> I got to know what happened. And it's like, well, you can't possibly start the, right. you know. Right. And, uh, and they recap it really in a fun way at the beginning of every show, okay. right? And it's just super addictive stuff. Oh, and wow. a lot of people have not seen this show but, man, it's like, if you watch the first season of The Last Kingdom, you are hooked for life. Oh, There's wow. no way you won't watch all of those other seasons. It's right. just so freaking fun. 
That sounds really good. Yeah, it's it's. Uh, I think you know. I'm still pretty fond of Game of Thrones, right? I mean, I don't have the. A lot of people they just completely like you betrayed me with the <laughs> last season, man. Everyone like got crazy with that. They did. But I don't quite have that much rancor about it. I mean, the things that I wish they would have done differently. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. in such a hurry. But I kind of think I prefer the Last Kingdom more. Okay. In terms of just the overall. Yeah. You know. Fun level. Okay. It's fun. It's never not fun. Which oh, is, which, is, which is great. Sometimes it's, they can get very dark and serious. And no, it, it's it has its dark moments, but yeah. it but it keeps you just always engaged. Yeah. They okay. understand it's like we're their purpose here is to okay yeah that's we're kind of in the entertainment business. Yeah. You know let's let's entertain you. And that is interesting. I, you know I have wondered well here let's take a, yeah. a little let's see what's going on. Just me, or is it not as dry and canon-y? I think you're right. I think you're right. Yeah, it is kind of you know the the acidic character to it, sort of pulling back. Yeah, that's bit, wild. Right? I did not expect that because sometimes these can things sort of coach tongue a little bit, you know, and yeah. sort of leave it there. But I feel like that is lessening a little bit. Yeah. I do love the smell of that oak. No, it's great. It's really solid. I mean, I just is. Uh, I mean, it's good. It's dry, right? But not like you know, like you were saying before. Like it's not like sucking the life out of your mouth, mm-hmm. right? But staying pleasingly dry. But there's a good backdrop of fruit that goes in there. It's like the Merlot is totally doing its job to kind of balance all that stuff out there. I just right? wanted like like. There's something about how it goes back on your gums and kind of the back part of your mouth with that Merlot. You want to yeah. chew it a little bit or something. <laughs> yeah. But you just, it's, you're just closing your eyes. You're picturing yourself in a great hall someplace mm. and the fire is going and there's some kind of like roast meat cooking on a spit. And there you are with the, you know, uh, the Duke of France or whoever he may be. <laughs> yeah, I mean, absolutely. And it's, it's appropriate to that kind of environment. It feels like a right? big group of people, yeah. a, a, a banquet, not, but not a sit-down banquet, a, a you're standing up and you're eating chicken legs with your hands kind of banquet. Yeah, kind, of, kind of more of a, a, a post-battle revelry. Absolutely. There yeah, you go. That's right? what I'm talking about. Yeah, but it's really great. And it does, I'm, I keep, it's like the department of redundancy department, but I do get this really great smokiness to it that I just freaking love. Mm-hmm. It's like, I don't know if you, are you a scotch guy? Uh, yes. Yeah, okay. I'm more of a rye whiskey guy, but I do love scotches, especially when I'm in the mood. And you can go as PD as you want. I'll, I'll, I'll give it a go. You know? Really? Yeah, I mean, I, I won't say that I'll drink liters upon liters of the super PD stuff, but I appreciate that kind of stinky complexity. <laughs> okay, because I, 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 I should warn you. I've got a, like, I think the PD-iest uh, uh, Islay of all time. Really? Upstairs. Uh, it's, oh, it's, it's, my goodness. When we're, we're, we're at the point where, like, okay, I can dis- dismount or whatever. You don't have to kill the whole thing. But, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. but if you're looking to change horses and try some, it's... Oh, wow. Uh, that sounds good. Amazing. Okay. A friend of mine gave it to me for my birthday last fall. I would love to try some. She's like, good yeah. lord. Okay. She's like, are you okay with PD? And I go, well, yeah. <laughs> Not little rascal bees. Right. But, but like, kind of forced no, like, you like, know. like, you know, like moss from a bog. Right. Dude. Is that what you mean? Yeah, yeah. like tree sap. Yeah. I'm like, I'm Pulse down. I get as peaty as you want. I love it. 
And I was just like, okay, be warned. But it's like amazing. Mm. And it's it's I'm, I tend to to be more of a bourbon guy just by choice. Okay. All right. Yeah. Uh, but uh, man. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm I think I'm much more on that bourbon end of things. I typically like my sort of daily whiskey, let's say, is rye. Is yeah. rye so it's no, this will make you think you're on like you know uh, the Highlands of like the, <laughs> like American Werewolf in London. Right? <laughs> Stay clear of the moors. <laughs> There's lights in there. Yeah, it's raining like crazy. In your yeah. get, get across that coot clot. That's right. It's, it's nuts. So it's amazing yeah, stuff. It's, it's so really good. Good rainy, rainy day scotch. Nice. Sure. Right. Um, we've now also christened our label. We've got one little drip that's going down there, and I, that just looks so good that on that awesome. label. It looks really it's like, amazing. Like the dripping wax. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So, you know, if you ever do get around to that uh, France trip that you were talking about a couple of weeks ago. Like the uh, the, uh, the the Christmas market, mm-hmm. that whole thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You should see if you can find your way to a, a Chateau Picard somewhere. Yeah. Uh, I mean, if you're in the country, yeah. well, I know. there's got to be one around somewhere. Yeah. I, I'm excited to check it out. Really? It's going to be great. I mean, it's just the, the whole coastal area of where these cats are. Oh, mm-hmm. man. Can you imagine exploring all that? There'd be so much. I remember uh, one of my favorite experiences of all time was, so Karen and I got married in 2005, July. Okay. We sold the house right after the wedding. And, and this is in Massachusetts. This is in Boston. So you got married in Boston. We were married in Boston. Okay. Yeah, we got married in Jamaica Plain outside. And uh, so she sold her house, and we started driving west, and we were moving out to Portland here. So within a month of us getting married, we were on our way to Portland. Wow. And we did a about a three-week or so trip uh, from Boston to Portland. Um, you so you know, took your time with took that. Our time. Wow, that's we had, amazing. I had family in the Midwest, so we went spent some time there. I'd never been down to the southwest, so we kind of made our way down there, spent a bunch of time in Arizona, New Mexico, uh, Four Corners area, that sort of thing. Then kind of shifted over and did Vegas and then saw her family in L.A. And then as we uh, were getting into L.A., she had to get up to Portland because she had a job starting. So she flew up, and I spent the rest of the time with my two new in-laws, who I hadn't really spent that much time with, in a car driving up the coast. And we spent about three days in that in Napa, Sonoma area. Oh, man. With my father-in-law, who is a man who appreciated good wine. This was a guy who had his who had a spot in the cellar. He had, like, the refrigerated cabinet at home. You know. made a lot of stops. He, we made Did a lot exploring. of stops. And I just, like, what a way to get to know your new father-in-law. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> exploring something that he was passionate about anyway. That's cool, And man. getting to chat with him about it and stuff. And we, I think we literally became just good friends on that trip. You yeah. know, we've got great stories about how... Dad and I were doing most of the drinking, so Mom was doing most of the driving and, you know, <laughs> pulled out in front of a couple semis as the sober one on the highway, you uh, know. Wow. <laughs> but uh, had such a good time. And so, yeah, we took our time. What a great experience, it was, man. It was that's really, awesome. Yeah. Ah, that's yeah, great. It was great. And then we got to Portland, and, uh, you know, all of a sudden we were all friends. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect. That's killer. Yeah. Uh, do you remember Franklin Street in Boston? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah sure. I used to work on Franklin Street okay, for a cool. while. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It was, like, it was like 
the 80s. Oh, know? awesome. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. When I was there, I worked right downtown, so my office was on Broad Street. Okay. Uh, yeah. It's like right down next to the custom house, basically. There's like one yeah. beautiful building right behind the custom house. That was the building we were in. Yeah. And I love my, living there. And my office was great because it looked out towards the bay, and then when they started the Big Dig project, which was the early 2000s, oh God, yeah. I got to sit in my office and literally watch them chop the highway into gigantic pieces of metal and haul them away on semis. Like, they would just, it would take them a whole day to just use torches to, like, cut a cake slice out of the highway, and then they would just load that cake slice the highway up on a semi and drive it away. And they did that for weeks and weeks and months and months and got rid of that highway as they were digging that tunnel. Oh, my God. It was so much fun uh, to watch. <laughs> reverse engineering, man. Totally, That's yeah. I wish crazy. I had a time lapse of it, right? Yeah, the, that would have been wild. The highway, yeah. That would have been wild. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. That's crazy. So... Good time. So that was neat. We've only been back once since then. We went back in. I have not been back. 2009. We haven't been there since then. Uh, it's been a while. Uh, it's been a long time since I've been back. Oh, I'd, no. like, I'd like to go. Oh, no, we have been since nine. Yeah, but anyway, yeah, it's been a little while. Yeah. Just keeps moving like everywhere else. Yeah. You know? it keeps changing, evolving. Crazy. Yeah. Yeah, we go back to New York a lot, you know, for family mm. and stuff. But uh, but I don't know if any, anybody in Boston proper anymore. So I didn't cost to go back. But, yeah. Uh, but I would enjoy it. Mm-hmm. Get me to a, get me to the Fenway. You know. I love seeing it. It's it's like how can the seats be so uncomfortable and everything be undersized and everything and yet it's still the best place. Yeah, because everyone's on their feet. <laughs> That's what it is. Everyone's you standing up. Yeah, yeah you stand space. up and watch a game. Yeah, you're holding your beer and you're yeah, screaming yeah. and you're like, you know, watching Yankees get smoked. That was the first thing that I learned in Boston about getting tickets was buy the obstructed view seat. Because nobody wants the obstructed view seat. It was at that time. It was before they won the World Series, so you could actually still get a ticket. Yeah. And um, and you and then you just stand. You just go to the game and you just stand up and watch the game. Yeah, super yeah. fun park, man. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, so really, really, really fun. So it's fun to watch the green monster get changed over the years and stuff yeah. while we were living there. When they put the seats up there. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm baseball over any other sport for me. That's so what, you're, that's I what. didn't realize you were a baseball guy. So, yeah. so we, it's no wonder that we get along. Yeah. Um, so my wife grew up the sports fan. So she grew up a Dodgers fan from a long line of women Dodgers fans oh. who, who watched baseball and drove sports cars and did all kinds of fun stuff like that. And then she moved out to Boston and became a Red Sox fan. I didn't really grow up with baseball very much. It wasn't in my family. We were like Midwestern football type folk, you know. Um, And then when I met Karen, I started watching games with her, and then I learned about fantasy baseball. (laughs) And I, the the stats, like uh, that whole world, I was like, oh, I love this. I want to consume all of your statistics. The statistics, yeah. And just like... So my, that's the way my brain works. So I started watching, and I just, of course, became a hardcore Red Sox fan right at the right time. Yeah, that's good, man. <laughs> For me, I just like it because it's like a, a, you know, it's such a, it's a, it's a patience game, right, to some degree. But it's just, it's such a psychology game. Mm-hmm. I like watching pitchers, man. Yeah. And just the, the acting. Yep. going on there yep. and all the, the, moves and the they hiding make. and yep. all the skill and mm. all that psychology and mm. all that kind of just you know camouflage of behavior that goes on there and everything it is just fantastic mm-hmm. so some people are like oh baseball's boring 
You know, I'm like, hey, to me, football is boring, right? I cannot you know, get behind it. Yeah, it's the, what's amazing to me is I think I've learned an appreciation for a lot of sports that I never appreciated before. I used to think soccer was boring. I've, now I can actually watch a match and enjoy it because I understand a little bit more about the game, about positioning, about where people stand, that kind of stuff. Baseball, I get it on the same level you do. Not only do I love the stats, but I love the drama of it. Because yeah. it's a close-up game it is. on TV. Right? Yeah, oh, yeah, They're yeah. in there, right? Yeah. It's not like with football, right? Yeah. They're in there. Yeah, no, you're you looking at the guy's face. You're seeing like, a sweat. Yeah, uh, pressure and everything like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, hey, uh, you know, Uncle Jim, right? I believe I heard a rumor. I don't know if it's true, but there may be a kinship there. I believe, if I'm not mistaken, Uncle Jim's a Mets fan. He is a Mets yeah, fan. Because in, in my family, right, by marriage, admittedly, but it's a religion. Okay. Right? Because my wife grew up next to Shea Stadium. Oh, wow. Okay, so her people are like, she's a freaking devoted Mets fan. I mean, like, hardcore. Oh, wow. Like, the first time we went back uh, east to visit her family, you know, when, after we got married and yeah. stuff, right, is that was before they tore it down, like, Shea. Mm. You know, so going to see a game there, right? It's awesome. Okay. Awesome. But she's, I have been, yeah, oh, she's a huge, huge Mets fan. Okay. Yeah, so that's that's like her religion, man. Jim would definitely support that position. Uh, yeah. Because uh, I thought I heard rumor. I could yeah. be wrong. I don't know. Maybe, a, you know, I was hailing frequency kind of tweaked out for a minute there, and I thought I heard uh, <laughs> some channel came through. That's gone. Yeah. I thought I heard a Let's Go Mets thing. I could be wrong, Jim, but it sounded like that. So I'm like, yeah. That's my people. Well, Jim and I can absolutely connect on our hate of the Yankees. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Best moment ever. My, my wife and I, because she just despises Yankees. Yeah. Sorry, Yankees fans. Right? <laughs> Sorry, gotta do it. But uh, but uh, we were sitting in a car, and uh, Susan in the passenger street. This dude comes walking across the sidewalk in front of our car, right? He's just a super gross-looking guy. Right, <laughs> hair is hanging in front of his face, and he stops in front of the car, right, and he like, puts one finger up to his nostril, and he like, like blows out this disgusting oh. thing out of his nose, right, before he continues across the street, and then he turns, and we see the cap on his head, right, and we both look at each other and go, Yankee fan. <laughs> Of course, <laughs> like the best. I didn't think Susan. I thought Susan was gonna have to go to the hospital. She was like hyperventilating. This is the best. Oh my god, <laughs> this is great. Yeah, so it's like sorry, guys. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's like I'm either you know Mets fan or Red Sox fan, mm-hmm. but either way, I'm an anti-Yankees fan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's all good. I'm sorry. get down this avenue. I think it's, uh, you know, talking about Boston. Mm-hmm. Commonality. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, we still will go up to Seattle whenever the Sox come to town if we can. We'll oh, catch, cool. Catch one game of a series. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, great. the kid doesn't, she will always complain about going to a baseball game, and yet you keep her fed, and she is happy to climb yeah. up. <laughs> I think Anthony would be the same way. Yeah. He would be like, you keep him, like, give him an activity and give him some food, and, you know. A lot of stuff that we want to go do, right? Because Susan's very big on activities. Mm-hmm. Like, he'll be like, no, 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 no. You know, okay. he's, you know, he's 13. He wants to watch TV shows. Yeah. And, you know, veg out in his room and that's stuff right. like that, right? That's his job. Yep. But, uh, but when you get him out there and do something like that, he's usually all over it. He's like, okay. So, nice. Like, okay. Okay, dude. All right. It'll be time. Just, just go. I'm going to take a look this summer and, you know, 
I know. Can, now that activities are a thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Look, look into that. Yeah, not that would, right? That is, yeah. <laughs> I just want to keep track of yeah. where we're at. Mm-hmm. 4.30 is not bad. Is it already 4.30? It is almost 4.30. Yeah, we've been yapping it up, brother, as we tend to do. We do have a tendency to. I think that's okay. Um, I always have a very good time doing it. That's true. Good, good. I'm glad. I'm glad. <laughs> Let me know if I start to become obnoxious, because that, that's always a possibility in life. But uh, uh, well, you I haven't know, got there yet. I hope, though. Can I tell you that uh, one of my favorite characters in uh, in Picard is Elnor, and because yes, I love the whole concept of an entire society based on the concept of absolute candor, because to me. As much as I love obfuscation and sort of playing games and stuff every politics. once in a while, politics, whatever, sometimes I just want to bare my heart to people and just, like, open it up and just be like, tell exactly what I'm thinking every single moment, yeah. you know? And if we, I feel like, obviously there are 7 billion humans, lots of different ways of looking at the world. But, man, wouldn't that openness be something else yeah. if we could do that? It'd save a lot of time. It feels like it would save a lot of time, yeah. and, and it would take down a lot of the uh, confusion that yeah. sort of happens. He was for sure my favorite character in season one. Yeah. Right? Where I was like, there were some characters I was, like, not connecting with. And yeah. I'm like, well, if we change this, maybe, you know, and we'll see what happens. I feel, feel like I just barely have a sense of season two yet because mm. I haven't watched the second episode. Yeah, yeah. But Elmore, I dug. Yeah. Yeah, he's he, like a warrior, right? He's, he's a warrior, and you know, people were like likening him too much to Laylos, and I was like, okay, great, he's got pointy ears and he carries a bow. To me, that's where the similarity ends. Yeah, right. Like Legolas. Well, like, people grasp on what's familiar. I guess know. that's true. I mean, that's it's hard not to. Yeah. But but you know, I think he's you know he seemed like he was also kind of more. I'm grounded in my craft as an actor guy. I felt like he was, you know, I'm like, okay, I can, you feel like you're really specific in terms of where you're going. I think mm-hmm. this is going to be interesting. So, mm-hmm. so I think that'll be good. So mm-hmm. I'm, I'm amped to, to see what happens with him. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, I mean, candor is great because it's like, you know, I'm, I can't, I, I make this like a running joke because there's no hiding it, right? But the older I get, right, I feel like it's almost like car parts, right? <laughs> the older I get, if there's a filter in there that's like between your brain and your mouth, my filter has eroded to the point Breaking that down. it's gone. Yeah. Like when you go to Jiffy Lube and they pull out the air filter to try to show you that you yeah. need to replace it, it's like, dude, mine's just gone. Yeah. I, I don't have that anymore no. because I've just gotten tired of, you know, wasting time and it's just like if somebody's being a tool I'm probably going to tell them really quickly and be like I have no patience for you dude it's just like no you're you know you're you're not helping you're on the side of things that's not helping we need people who are helping so I'm sorry so that ties right back to Boston for me because uh, so I've lived in the middle I've lived in the east I've lived in the west my observation has been sorry if I offend anybody in the middle um, people will uh, tell you that they like you to your face, but they may stab you behind your back. Ah, about you behind your back. Okay. On the east, they'll come up to you and they'll be like, "I don't really fucking like you. What do you think about that?" Yeah. And I'm like, "Okay, I can get into that, right?" Like, and then you probably be friends. And you probably be friends after that, right? <laughs> and in the west, it's like, "No, man, it's cool. Whatever you want to do, man, it's cool." And I dig that, too. Yeah. So I really like that kind of, like, I don't know, aside from the fact that I had to calm down my driving big time when I came here, 
I've made a good transfer to the West Coast because I've gone, I've followed that cultural difference. Oh, you were a Boston driver. Okay. Oh, that's a big Boston driver. Oh, that's that's grim. It took me two years to... Unlearn some of those unlearn behaviors that need to be unlearned. Turning left on yeah. a on a like as soon as the light turns green. <laughs> like, yeah. She's like, you can't do that here. Yeah. Well, it's it's a freaking city design that that spurred it into being. It's like it's not a grid. It's it's like a cow it's pad. like a vortex. It's cow pad. It's, right? It goes in circles. Yeah, I, I saw. I remember seeing drivers in Boston who would literally drive up onto the sidewalk to <laughs> to to get ahead of where they needed to go right. to get to that you know, next intersection. Yeah. I mean, I saw that numerous times. I'm like, dude, you're on a sidewalk. Yeah. Right. I'm like, what the hell's wrong with you? And I'm like, it's just nuts. But I'm like, apparently there's some certain stripe of folk that do that. And yeah. I'm like, oh my god, so crazy. <laughs> Craziness, but yeah, it's uh, so the filter gone, yeah, just let it out. You're happier, you know. I think repression is bad, it is. I definitely like the only reason I keep mine in place is that I'm constantly checking my like white maleness, which I think you do as well. So, there, there may be like filters that come out to assist with that because that needs to be done, uh, yeah, but like. In general, I'm totally with you. I I have dropped the shields. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. You, you get the real. And you can drop the shields without shooting torpedoes. You can't, right? You, you can't can. just bit no, no, no. like that. Yeah. yeah. No, that doesn't uh, imply aggressiveness at all. It's definitely it's more just like nope. You just see what you see. Yeah, just being straight. Yeah, that's right. I don't want to waste your time, man. That's right. But it's just like it's yeah. you know I don't want to waste your time. So it's just like <laughs> let's just get it out there. Oh, I pulled. That's another thing was out here, right? There was all the the more comic level X Men that was on that lower shelf, mm-hmm. right? I decided I had to make a uh, you know stylistic choice in the interest of being all MCU up here. So they all live here now. Oh right? yeah, sure. So I did a little. It's a little tight. <laughs> but you packed them in there, yeah. Yeah, but so it's a little kind of a skirmish vibe going on in there. I but, really. But I like the way it turned out. I love the Professor X right in the middle and the Wolverine flying across the back yeah. at the Juggernaut. That's yeah. amazing. That turned out okay. So I'm kind of, I kind of digging that. So it's yeah. a little bit more of a kind of compressed thing there, but it's just, I was didn't want to give it up. Yeah. I'm like, no, i got to keep the comic guys in there somewhere. So, are they from the, are they versions from the show, or are they versions from, like, Jubilee's from the show, right? Mm-hmm. Or was she in the comics, too? She's in the comics. Or was she yeah. in the comics, and there's too? a couple okay. different versions of Jubilee. There's one of her in, like, the black outfit. Okay. I like this one, because she's just, like, a smart-ass. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the one that I remember from the animated series. Yeah, and I think the animated series, and they're going to make more of those. Are they really? Yeah, like the original people who uh, did that. Okay. Right, they're going to go and do more. That's a great show. Yeah. And it's you can still get it. It's insanely popular. Yeah. They're all on Disney, I think. Oh, are they really? I believe so. Oh, okay. Yeah, I haven't watched any of them because I haven't time. But yeah. I'm pretty sure that's where that's what they are. But it's super crazy. And uh, you're only going to get more of it as this starts bleeding in the MCU mm-hmm. for like five years and mm-hmm. stuff, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> You've got to hear the, the thing. I think we should tell him the truth. <sighs> Yeah, to have yeah, that's to have at like uh, I've always been an X Men guy, and so to have them coming into the MCU is just that's a big deal. It's it's going to be wild. I'm I'm super curious. I mean, we don't know what they're going to do as far as casting. Mm. You know, I it's I don't want to be the guy has to you know replace Hugh Jackman, Mm -hmm. right? Because that's a casting director nightmare. I mean, I'm sure it can be done, but. But he's just got a lot of oomph, and he he's got a lot of goodwill on his side, man. Yeah. And he's kind of a, you know, 
considered, you know, legend status. It's like, I don't know if you can replace that guy. The problem is that Hugh Jackman is a triple threat. Like, he is as dangerous as they come as an actor, right? Yeah. The man can sing, the man can act, the man can dance, the man can do everything. Yeah. And he's, and he's a nice guy. Well. And he's a nice guy. And if he was a foot and a half shorter, he'd be perfect for that role. <laughs> I mean, he's... he's yeah, it works for me. I, I, I was willing to accept that, like, it doesn't have to be a size It doesn't thing, have to be right? Right. It's, it's like, it's almost just like, you know, it's like it works in the comics, but yeah. in, a, in a film medium where things are more realistic, I don't know. You don't need it. Yeah, it's, yeah. it gets to be, you know... It just gives him a little bit more of that chip on his shoulder kind of attitude. Yeah, but know? it works. He pulls it off. Yeah. It's just great. So, so we shall see, man. We shall see where they go. But I'm game. I'm like, bring that stuff on. Is that who's the one in the black in in the back? Is that Psylocke or is uh, right next to Juggernaut? Like there? Like right behind? Yeah, no, back, back the female in the black and yellow. Oh, that's uh, Kitty Pride. Oh, that's Kitty Pride. Yeah. Okay. Okay. She's got uh, on her shoulder the little dragon. Um, uh, oh, now I. See. Okay, that's purple. See it's okay. really hard I to see. see with yeah, the, yeah, yeah. Kind of hidden up underneath, like Apocalypse. Apocalypse's you know, hand there. there. Yeah. But um, uh, why can't I remember the dragon's name? It's uh, something. Not going to be able to help you. Something. Yeah. Thanks, Chateau Picard, yeah. for helping my memory. But I know who Kitty Pratt is, so. Yeah. That's just, you know what? It's almost like Psylocke or something like that. Lockheed. Lockheed? Yeah, no, that's the dragon. Okay. I'm 99% sure. You might be right. Check me. Check me, fans. Let me know. <laughs> Leave your comments below. Uh, comment on that Facebook page if you are cor- if I am correct or if I totally full it. We shall see. But that's what I'm remembering. Lockheed. Okay. Was Kitty Pride's old familiar type dude. Mm-hmm. We shall see. I really love that on this shelf here you have Spider Ham. Yes. <laughs> he's gotta be. He's gotta be with the um, uh, the whole like the uh, whole gang. Spider Verse team. Yeah, but he's yeah, gotta I be mean, part of the Spider Verse. Yeah. Man. And even though he wasn't in the movie, I had to have uh, Punk Spider Punk. Oh yeah, there you go. He's yeah. Not, he's not in that movie, but nope. you know he he'll show up at some point. I yep. just know it. But he fits there. Yeah. Right. He fits there. I love and, it. Uh, and I love the noir Spider Man. Like I, he just is so cool in the all black. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's so funny, man. It's so funny how they pull that all off. I love your whole, like, Wakanda area here. Yeah. Too. It's really cool. Yeah. I love that stuff, man. I love, uh, I love, uh, oh, do you, is it Ryan Kogler? I think his name is Ryan Kogler. I think it's Kogler. He's a director. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He got pulled over. Oh. Yeah. Very racially. Oh, really? Yeah, because, oh, here's a black man driving, you know, what have you. We, you know, we must pull you over and well, I didn't hear cross you. I, I, I think he handled it like a gent, but I think he was severely pissed off. Oh, you know, man. I think he was just like... Where was it? in L.A.? Or? I think it was in, like, <laughs> La Salle? I'm trying to remember. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I don't remember specifically where I was, but no, I just read this, like, a couple of days ago. But, yeah, it was just like, you know, it's like, dude, this is a guy with a huge platform. And just like that's ridiculous. Yeah, it's just nuts. So, but uh, yeah, I'm that's high on my list of extremely looking forward to. Mm. I mean, even without the giant hole in the middle of. I know. You know, know. with that irreplaceable. But what are they gonna do about that? They're just gonna. I mean, he's just not here anymore. I think. I think they'll deal with it. I think they'll have the character probably meet a similarly. Okay, so maybe they'll have somebody in a suit that then meets a demise or something, or... 
Maybe, or, or, or do it in a way that it's, they hear about it after the fact, which is... Well, so this is the same topic know. that we're dealing with, with because now they've kind of greenlit this new Star Trek movie, right? And there's no Anton Yeltsin. Yeah. So they're but they've already done one without him, haven't they? Wasn't he not in Beyond? Or was he in Beyond? No, he was in Beyond. He was in Beyond? Yeah. Yeah, he was in the Shoot, I can't remember. Yeah, he yeah. was at heat because yeah. You're right. You're right. Yeah. Oh, time is playing tricks on me, man. Yeah. It's playing tricks on me. Yeah, but I think you got to be recasting this. You know, a we. It's just disrespectful when somebody passes away like that. I think. Especially yeah. when it's been such an iconic thing that they've done. Now, if it's been a role like James Bond, where it's been done by a million guys, and you know the next one took over before the one previous died, you know that's a different. That's yeah, a but it's not like he died tragically, right? No, no, no. Like in this situation, no, no, no. no it's like you yeah. can't, you yeah. just can't do it. I think yeah. you have to come up with some, some other right. angle, right? And this is a rich vein of alternative things they can do in the comics and pull that off. So okay. they can come up with something. Yeah, you know, I'm sure they do. But I got faith in that cat after the first movie he made. So just get a good script, man. So just good. get a good script and keep going. But, mm-hmm. uh, but it's tough. It's like I wouldn't want to have to be the one who, you know. No. That's a tough act to follow. It is. The first movie was so good. Just so good. So I love that I could show it to my kid over and over again too, and she was she was into it. Yeah. You know, and that for whatever reason, you know, she's not really into a lot of the Marvel movies. So um, that one in particular, she loved. She does though. Yeah. Yeah. I got high hopes for Doctor Strange. It looks yeah. really good. Yeah, I, ha- I still, man, I'm behind. I haven't even seen the new um, Spider-Man movie yet. So it'll be hitting video soon. Okay. Soon. Yeah. Like, yeah, you're not behind. You just saw Bat- the Batman. So I know. You're behind with Marvel stuff. I'm behind with Marvel stuff. But they're almost so much product now. It's like hard to even keep up. It it's really like, is. I'm behind with like. Uh, Disney Plus series, oh, yeah. you know, way behind. I watched the pilot for Hawkeye, and then I'm like, yeah. okay, this is like Die Hard. I'm gotcha, Christmas, ma'am. Yeah. But I just didn't have time. Yeah. You know, other things call my name. That are, you know, There's so. just a lot of stuff out there. Did yeah. you watch? Uh, did you watch Bad Batch? Yeah, everyone. And I mostly liked it. Yeah. And I mostly liked it. There were some episodes where it got a little, uh, you know. Formulate. Less engaging, yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's what Star Wars is. Where, you know, way, yeah. uh, to me, my, my rubric of all the, those animated shows is, is Rebels. So good. I, so, uh, I can tell you, like, great. I was a huge Clone Wars fan, and Love I would it, yeah. always talk to people, I'm like, you, if you don't, like, you have to, even if you don't like the movies, you have to watch the Clone Wars animated series. Yeah. And, and then Rebels came out, and I was kind of like, eh, I'm not really sure. And then I finally started watching it, and it's so good. And it's great. And it's and the thing is, is that it has that like multiple season arc where you really see the growth of all the characters along the yeah. way. I mean, and every single character, well, except maybe uh, Zeb, what is given like some kind of arc, yeah. you know, that where they they just really grow as a character. Yeah. But like the three, Kanan, the, Sabine, Kanan, Hera, Sabine, right? Hera, Ezra. I mean, yeah. every, Ezra every, especially, because a lot of times, yeah. well, Ezra, of course. you know, the, the protagonist sometimes gets short shrift for him. Yeah, that's true. Sometimes it's true. just like the stalwart hero. Yeah, yeah. But But they they were willing to, to change Ezra a lot. Yeah. Right? And there's a lot and, of specific stuff they do. Like, the like I remember the reveal of kind of Hera and Kanan's relationship. It kind of came out of nowhere. Like, you you hadn't seen it on screen, and then they kind of referenced it once in an episode, and then they sort of referenced it the next time in an episode, and then you sort of saw them, like, be spending a little more time. And it just, like, it grew very slowly and organically, which was very nice. 
Well, it's going to be really interesting to see what comes up in the next couple of years, uh, probably less than that, because from what I've heard, it sounds like every... Uh, Boy, we're really dripping out of uh, Star Trek into Star Wars here. It's okay. It's okay. It's good. Okay. All right. Good. Yeah, we go in beyond. We we go in beyond. <laughs> I know, but I just like to you know. I don't like to assume, man. Great. You know, you know what happens when you assume. I do. But uh, it sounds like the the Ahsoka show with Rosario Dawson mm. is basically like a big big live action Rebels sequel. Oh really? Yeah. Okay. Like big time. I would totally Okay, big time. Yeah. And, and, uh, I mean, there's a lot of, you know, theorizing going on right now, but the, 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 from what folks have heard, it sounds like they are trying to, like, using several of the different shows, kind of weave almost like in the way the MCU built up towards Endgame. From and, all, a whole bunch of different directions, right? Like, big to one big larger canvas you know, media yeah. event. Yeah. Right? But, because um, uh, we've heard Ahsoka on Mandalorian go, where is Grand Admiral Thrawn? Mm-hmm. Right? And that's a, that was a big line of dialogue. Big right? part of Rebels. Yeah. yeah. So we know at some point she's going to be going and he's going to emerge. Mm-hmm. Please cast the guy from the show. Don't get yeah. somebody else. Yeah, because you got to have his voice, right? Yeah, he's yeah, perfect. No, I don't have anyone else to do that yeah. voice. <laughs> yeah. No, he just want to no listen to it. can do it. <laughs> so it's, it's Mickelson, Mad. Yeah. I mean, Mad's his brother. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, oh, Mad's his brother. Oh, I didn't realize that. Yeah, those two cats are out of control. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. So it's like, you got to get him. Oh, right? Yeah. No one else is going to pull that off. No. I don't think so. I think the fans would riot. Yeah. So you got to have that guy, and uh, but it, I think we're going to be looking. They're going to be looking for what happened to Ezra. Because mm-hmm. if you're looking for uh, if you're looking for Grand Animal Thrawn, you're kind of looking for Ezra mm-hmm. at the same time. Mm-hmm. And who's more a part of the Mandalorian mythos than Sabine, mm-hmm. right? With everything, especially with the dark, dark saber in play. Yeah. So I think we're going to be you know seeing yep. a lot of those characters revisited in new and exciting forms. Yeah. Right? That's that's what people seem to think and. Uh, um, all the books that are like the Thrawn trilogy, mm-hmm. you know, like the going back street, into that. Empire, yeah. yeah, I think Heir to the Empire is where we're going. Yeah. I mean, I think... I, I, so that's, that's great. People I mean, think that's where we're going. I, I don't mean, know. I would love to go there because then you start getting... Well, and then, so... There's a bunch of stuff that they can't do in those books now <laughs> because now Han and Leia have different kids, right, than are in those books. Well... <laughs> Maybe well, it would be there's like another because it, 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 it sounds like there's a lot of uh, resistance to. Uh, I mean, a lot of people did not dig JJ's. Yeah. You know, and there's, it sounds like there's you know that was a camp of thought within uh, the Lucasfilm universe, but it sounds like a whole lot. I mean, everyone right now is listening to. Uh, Favreau and Filoni. Yeah. Right? And those guys carry a lot of weight. Because they're knocking it out of the park. Yeah. And I think they're like, you know, I think that they have been really kind of quietly advocating for a return to, like, the expanded universe stuff, Mm -hmm. right? And all the stuff that J.J. ignored with Mm -hmm. his thing, right? Mm -hmm. Not that I, you know, I'm not against those films, but I just think they could have been more inclusive of that larger Like, you could have done way, way, way more stuff with Han and Leia. Mm -hmm. Right? And to not have Han and Luke get together, have one scene, 
that was a blown opportunity. I really, you know, you know, then have them die tragically. Yeah. But but you know, it's just like, but to not you know bring the band back together as it could have been, mm-hmm. that's kind of a, that didn't set well you know. with folks, right? You know. So. So we'll see. Yeah. But, I mean, it's pretty I hope that they just, you know, if, if I'm Disney, I'd just basically give everything to Filoni. Mm-hmm. Right? I mean, Favreau, too, is great. Yeah. But Filoni, just, he gets it. He does. I mean, he's just, he's the guru. Mm-hmm. And he just knows all these things, and he's really great at knowing what people like, mm-hmm. and what resonates, and what's a keeper. Yeah. And what Without sh- seeming overly formulaic, which I think Star Wars is, like, it falls into that trap yeah. sometimes. He's just a fan. Yeah. He's just a super hardcore fan. Well, Paul, as we're as we're getting down to you know sort of the bottom of this box, yeah. um, I'd be very interested to hear what you're noticing now. I just took a sip, and um, you know, I dare I say, you know, I have to use that word mellowing. Like it's it's definitely mellowing, and I guess I'm not sure exactly what that means, but I think it feels like the flavors are blending together in a really interesting way, more so than they were at the beginning. Um, it's like, uh, there's like layers of complexity. Like there's the basic kind of grape layer. This is once again me talking as like a dude who doesn't have the right no, words. But, don't sweat it. But just like the basic grape layer, then there's the smokiness layer, then there's the like body kind of tongue I don't mean fruitiness. I was going to say fruit, but that's not what I'm tasting. It's uh, a little tangier side or something, a little um, uh, zip. <laughs> no, I, I, <laughs> I, I, that word? I don't know what I'm looking for. I, I think I hear what you're saying because it's a, to me, it's just what you're talking about. Is you're talking about how this just like, complexity of structures in this wine. Okay. Right? It's just like, it, and as it, you know, you've, it, it, mellowing is fine. Right, because it's settling into where it needs to be, and there all those different components. Like if you're talking about, okay, like the floors of a building, right? You've got you know several different layers there, but they're all holding each other together, mm-hmm. right, and supporting each other. You've got like uh, for sure, you've got a nice dry base to things that's in there, right? That's I think enhanced by this, you know, to me really pleasing evocative smoky character mm-hmm. right but I'm also getting like these really uh, what to me are evocative of like spices mm-hmm. right like currants That's what or it is. clove spices. or yeah. something like that I feel like that what jumps right off of that smokiness and you get this really nice kind of pleasantly you know it, it just brings all these different associations in mind because you get that spiciness to it mm-hmm. on top of the smokiness on top of that wood from the oak and everything mm-hmm. like that right and it's great and it's dry but then you've got that nice background thing of like almost like plum or or uh, currants like you were or, saying or current or with you know a, a softer kind of berry than some of the other wines that we've had recently, right? Mm-hmm. That's on there. That, that's coming, I think, from the Merlot. So mm-hmm. it's this really great structure to it, mm-hmm. and uh, it's it's definitely not, you know, uh, it's mellowing maybe, or I, maybe more stabilizing. Than mellowing, uh, I that's think a great maybe word. to me that's how I think of it because I don't think it's like softened up and like become less potent. Yeah, it's like yeah. when I think mellowing, I think of it almost like it's become like kind of like you know, it implies that it's like become tepid or something. Yeah. I don't have that at all. No, 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 no. That's right. Yeah, I guess yeah. this is still super strong. It's it's rich. It's dependable. It's it's resolute. 
right? There you it's, go. It's a resolute wine. Like mm. if, if that was its NCC name, <laughs> right? <laughs> the USS right? Resolute. The, the, it would be the Resolute, right? It's just like yeah. super dependable, and it's just right, right in there, and it's just like uh, you're going to be enjoying this wine when you get down to the very bottom of it as much as you did uh-huh. before. But it's just you're you're getting more of it's like settling in, and it's just like. The bones and the foundation are super strong. Yes, and you'll enjoy it today, tomorrow, five years from now, ten years from now, and likely 25 years from now if you store it properly. Um, I do feel like this is the one that, out of all the ones we've had so far, that if I was going to buy a case of wine, this is the one I'd buy a case of. I still feel like there's something in there that I, uh, it's kind of driving me a little crazy. But I feel like there's some flavor that's in there. I'm telling you, there's like a citrus thing in there that. Is and I can't weird. identify what it is. It's weird. Yeah. You know, but it's and I know it's going to hit me later on. Remember how we were like last week? It was the nectarine Apricot. popped out or there. Nectarine, yeah, 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 like, yeah. That's it. Yes. And it's something like that where there's <laughs> yeah. a specific flavor that I feel like I should be smart enough to be able to identify, but mm. for some reason I'm not. And uh, but it's great, and I just I wish I could you know it's an excuse to drink another bottle of this and try to ID it at some point. But it's like yeah, it's it's really really good and uh, very consistent and dependable, like you said. I, I those are great words for it. Yeah. Well, Excellent. Thank you so much for joining us for yet. Good Lord, one. we have one more. Can you believe this is five out of six? So uh, so next week we're going to cap this whole thing off with uh, a little enjoyment of the Old Vine Zinn Special Reserve yeah. wine, which I'm, man, it, it just looks really good. So I'm, I'm very excited about it. We will do some planning. Uh, it might have to be... Uh, might be two weeks. It might be two weeks might be two because weeks. I'm okay. out of town next week. Okay, fair. For, for uh, a little spring break sortie. Oh, I think, oh, I am too. Is that next week? Already? It is. All right. Yeah, so well, I'm out. So next week is spring break. I get back late Sunday. Okay. So we might have to hold off a week or do it one, one night during spring break. Yeah. Couldn't even be an option. We are gone that week of spring break. You are gone. Yeah. Yeah. We leave. We're going to Sun River, actually. Oh, wow. First six days. Karen found us a joint. Nice. And we're going to use that as our jumping off point to go on a bunch of different adventures. She's got Painted Hills and she's uh-huh. got... And we're down in Black Butte this weekend. Oh, are you so, really? Yeah. Oh, okay, cool. <laughs> That's okay. great. Yeah, yeah, so we're looking forward to that. So, so we'll have to figure out what the timing looks like, yeah. but I definitely... But we'll work it out. I think we should enjoy food, like you said. Yeah, I think there needs one. to be some kind of a meal component, because this is this big zen coming up here, yeah. and it's like the big the big shindig, the big, you know... The big finale. You got to got to do it up some, somehow for that. That's you know, right. Uh, throw a scotch at you. you there know, we go. Now we're that. talking. So I think it'd be great. But uh, but friends, if you like a cabernet and you like something that's solid and uh, dependable and that you know you can feel really, uh, <laughs> let's be frank, that's worthy of the name Picard, yeah, right? Because that says a lot, and that's that's. I do feel like it's worthy of it. Yeah, yeah, I feel like that's a name that evokes legacy and dignity Trust. and courage and principle, mm-hmm. right? That's that's what that name evokes. And I feel like this wine easily rises up to that. Yeah. And that's 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 no small thing. So it was definitely worthy of the legacy of uh, John Luke Picard. So well done, friends. You make us want to go to Bordeaux. Mm-hmm. You make us want to go to the East Bank. So, someday. Someday. It'd be great to see you in person. That's right. But, uh, but well done. So, Cheers, thank friend. you, my friend. Well done.
Oh, yeah. With Lucky Landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.